Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. TGFBI is moving forward this week, the great fantasy baseball invitational that we are both taking part in. Today, the draft order will be set, and we actually have some control over where you are in the draft. Wild, right? It's weird. And this would be a perfect game theory application if we were much further along with thinking about that. I know. I mean, I (laughs) I smell something for next year, of course. Yeah, so... Kentucky Derby system or style? Which one was it? I think it's system. Systems. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of... Yeah, if you... I mean, in fantasy baseball, I feel like this is sort of less important in the first round. But in football, man, I, oh, can, yeah. ima- I can really see how in football it matters. So, if you're a person that likes to... Um, that likes to... <laughs> get pitchers in the first round i mean you might as well be like yeah give me 10 through 15 (laughs) yeah no that's (laughs) that's very true what if um what if we did this in our home league where the first where instead of setting the draft order they the first person got to pick i was thinking about the same thing that'd be very interesting especially because we're keeper league and it makes so it means so much more because you have such a random assortment of players. You usually have like two or three guys that it's like, wow, how are they available? Yes. And then it's just like, and then you plateau and it's like a whole bunch of guys are like, Meh. yeah, well, it's like, sure. I mean, not obviously not this year, but most years, the sixth guy on a championship team is a pretty good get. True. Very true. Yeah. Except for you were the champion Except for this year and uh, your team was, just my team is built of all of, people between 80 and 100 <laughs> yeah all people that who really cares yeah no i'm interested have, have you set yours already i did set mine uh of course by the time anyone listens to this it'll be it'll be long since set but i uh i don't feel bad saying that i went for number one <laughs> you know i might i might kind of make this think about this as like a kuznets curve kind of reverse kuznets curve like you want to have i want to be on either end i don't really want to have number i don't want to be in that like francisco lindor spot where it's like uh do i go with lindor here (laughs) yeah going on the francisco lindor is a is a rough one uh i mean i i really don't want to be the guy who picks a pitcher in the first round so being on anything like that would be annoying yeah i'll do it oh all right, then I'll let I'll let you do it. You can if it comes to my we'll see. Pick, oh, maybe I'll just invert. Maybe I'll just invert it. Are you serious? It would be hilarious. Mine goes mine goes one through five because those picks are just. If you actually can get one through five, those picks are just exponentially more valuable than any other pick. In here, Trout, Betts, Ramirez, Martinez, Arenado. You think are yeah. Ooh. 
I mean, if you can get one of those, you're Lindor, you're just like maybe. head and shoulders ahead of it. And then after that, I want the middle because I want to just do regular picks, have a little bit more control over where I'm picking. Head and shoulders, really. I'm more of an Avita guy. Yeah, I understand. That's why we pick like this. <laughs> this week on the pod, we will first recap who we are and what we're doing here. Then we'll talk a little bit about some updates to the projections model, get into some specific cases. And before the end, we'll brainstorm how best to use our projections or projections in general tailored for your specific league. We'll end discussing what we learned watching Ronald Acuna this week. Take it away. Season three of the podcast. New season, as we mentioned last podcast, this is episode zero zero because we use Python indexing starting at zero. This is going to be a good season, Mike. It's going to be a great season. Absolutely. Last year, we introduced ourselves in um, Podcast 2.00. And the year before, we introduced ourselves in Podcast 2.00. I think it's kind of a yearly tradition now. (laughs) Um, Do you... I'll read our mission statement, and maybe it's time to... Maybe it's time to update it. All right. You tell me. Our goal is to share our tools with a little help from the fantasy genre for context, illusion, and fire and ice breaking. In doing so, we hope to broaden the way our audience approaches fantasy baseball. We put our methods and thinking out into the public in the spirit of open source. We help others in the hope that the community will help us improve ourselves. Sound about right? Still true, still valid. Well, the the allusion to uh, to Game of Thrones is is still valid for another year. One more season, yes, indeed. <laughs> we might, and then we'll have to change we it might to, to Westworld. Ooh, ooh, maybe it depends on what happens with Westworld in the future. I guess this is a good. This is exactly still what we're trying to do. We're still mm-hmm. we haven't strayed from from any of those. We still actively post things. We still actively ask for for input and feedback and want to make these as available as possible i think we're pretty we're relatively open books i've become even less scared about just blatantly sharing my fantasy strategy with everybody and it seems to have gone okay <laughs> no. yeah i will say that uh, probably the limitation on us sharing materials and and work is sharing materials and work is actually harder than um it's easy to say it it's a very easy to say it but then it's like oh my gosh do i really have to go through and like actually post something that people are going to understand it's an 80 20 type thing as always Uh, absolutely as always but i think we've we've sort of uh developed a a lot of different ways to look at our mission statement and we really i think to me those were really on display in season two and so it'll be exciting to see what we do this season because in season two, we did wide-ranging things, specifically focusing on fantasy strategy. And then we actually did something that I really liked, which was Algorithm Club, where we really delved into, well, how can we make these other tools work for us? Absolutely. And this season, I think we're going to, we said at the beginning of last season, we were going to pare it down a little bit, which we did, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> and I'm going to say it again, we're going to pare down a little bit, try to get more controlled try to get a little bit more focused with our tool development, et cetera. And I think we've been talking about this behind the scenes. What we want to do is kind of, uh, number one, 
an algorithm club over the course of the season. Um, we want to do really brush off and, and work on some of our favorite tools, most effective tools. And then we want to continue focusing on this projections angle that we've been working on the last couple of months. As well as an underlying behind the scenes desire to get into game theory or white whale. Game theory is is still our white whale. I really thought you were going to say behind the scenes, making sure that we stay true to the fantasy literature genre. I know. I, I need to do a better job of forcing us to bring in more fantasy illusion. Yeah, I I'm ready. It's we need to make sure that we're up on our fantasy illusions or that they're more on the on the forefront more to the forefront. It's also crazy to me to think that we've actually been working on these projection tools for a month. <laughs> we have been and we were producing a lot of the starting point for the month before that, month two months before that. Yeah, um it is, uh, I guess this is why people don't make their own projections. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, mostly. it's hard. <laughs> Turns out it's really hard. That's why you, a lot of people just pick their favorite projections and then tweak them. Yeah, we could have done that. Instead, we uh, started basically from first principles. Yeah, I, yep. But we actually, we actually have these projections and um, that is, that was our goal for the start of season three. And uh, we're there, I think. We're there. We're going to use these. We have workable projections. I will tell you right now that I am straight drafting from these in TGFBI. I like it. I will not. (laughs) I know you will not because you don't trust them. (laughs) I am. What's what's great about going through these projections is like there's like really three categories. There's like, okay, yep. Then there's the, oh, well, okay, well, we're being a little aggressive there. And then there's the, nope, 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 nope. Because I'm so confident, I'm even going to draft across the nopes. Do it. I'm going to do it. Oh, man. That's the thing. But that's the thing, though, is that projections are typically crap. So it doesn't really matter. You made exactly my point because I was when I was deciding. Okay, am I really going to do this? I thought, well, how bad can it actually be? Like, how wrong can this draft actually go? The answer is not that wrong. I mean, we. <laughs> well, I mean, we have noticed before that it's usually like if you're if a projection system is like fifty percent within range, and that's like getting a player within a couple of rounds of the value that he ends up accruing then the projection is pretty good so there's a whole lot of random error it's just our is our random error better than someone else's random error yeah and we have a lot of we have big error bars which we'll leave on which we'll say on there and i think you know one of the things that we should talk about and i'm sure we will talk about during the season is that the draft only takes you so far there's so much management that has to really happen during the season so the fact that we just spent this much time on these projections might not be the best use of our time ever. No, but um, I think that it I, it's it's a project. It's a project that we now have 
have online that people can take a look at as they want to. It is a project. <laughs> In closing out this kind of reintroduction, allow myself to introduce myself. I want to say that last two seasons, we've said that our goal, our additional goal for the podcast itself is to keep it weekly, helpful, insightful, and pertinent. Whip. Or, based on my favorite player, weekly, helpful, insightful, and topical, wit. So, to wit, let's do it, man. Are you dedicating this season to wit? No, last year was dedicated to wit. Oh, who are you dedicating this season to? Oof, I don't know. Um... No way, Jose. No way, Jose. You see that he moved up to number 12. He's coming back. see that he moved up to number 12 in the rankings this week with the update. That's good. I like it. I'm dedicating mine to Christian (laughs) (laughs) Yelich. This is the only player that I have with any value on any team. (laughs) One of my personal goals for the podcast is making sure that we don't just hide behind number speak. Here's an example of a host doing just that. They're really proud of the fact that they've run 10,000 simulations to make these projections. So is that full season simulations? Is that what they're trying to do? I mean, it's pretty vague, right? That's right. That was going to be my point. I don't think it is because if you were really doing full season simulations, wouldn't you really tout that that's what you were doing? I would think so, which makes it sound like that's not what Uh they're doing. They're just running 10,000 simulations. Eric is definitely going to roll his eyes about this segment, but I spent some time this week modeling optimal targets for full season stats based on teams and Mm -hmm. playing around with how they vary by team construction. And obviously this meant coming back to my all-time favorite algorithm, Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. We will get to Monte Carlo in the next three years. Okay. That's a good goal. I uh, literally geographically. I, that's I. I, I understand. I understand. Um, what do a pod from the from the what, tables? When I said at the beginning that I did ten thousand or a hundred thousand simulations, um, I realized a hundred thousand teams and seasons to try and figure out what the distribution of stats would be given an average draft. Okay. So. You know, you you can tinker with this one way or another based on, you know, how good you think your draft is. But the idea here was to make fully self-consistent targets that are calibrated to this projection system or any projection system that you're using. But I actually have a first question for you, which is, do you think that when you're looking at projections that a full, that considering full season stats are a reasonable jumping off point? That is a... Very good question. I think it's the only one that we can really calibrate to, though. I think, <laughs> yes, I think that what, what you're trying to say is, is this really smart that we're, um, that we're looking for, we're looking at full season stats when so many things could go wrong and any reasonable fantasy league other than the kind of the best ball teams are just you know, are weekly, let alone daily. Um, So what does full season really mean? It's, but I think that's the best way that we can approximate players. So 
So it's, I think it is a reasonable jumping off point, as as you said, to take the quote literally. Yeah. So it sounds like the answer is actually no, but we it's the best thing we have available. <laughs> it's a, well, it's a yes, but uh, yes, but. Okay, so you've got two graphs for me. Why don't you explain what these are? Yeah, absolutely. These two graphs are the results of the 100,000 sets of simulations. And the idea was, okay, if you take an average draft in our projection system and you ask what does the distribution of RBIs look like that each team is going to get, you get something that looks pretty much like a Gaussian that's centered on like a little over 900 and with a standard deviation of plus minus 100-ish. So you want to be on the high side of that. So the question is, okay, well, what number should I be targeting when I'm assembling my team to really be confident that I'm going to be competitive in RBIs? Right, okay. So what you're trying to say is, so you're, dra- okay, sorry, back up. I want to make sure that, I understand oh, yeah. because I want to make sure the listeners understand. What you're saying is you ran 100,000 simulations of drafts. Yes. Right? Yep. To say what the average team construction, just based on regular rankings, the average team construction within a fantasy league is going to get about 900 RBIs over the course of a season. This is based on 12-team League? This is a this is ESPN standard, so ten team with ten batters at any given time. Oh, so that would be right. So that would that would be we could adjust this based on the league type. So you could do this specifically for TGFBI. Yeah, well, that's my my follow up. Yeah, yeah, you're anticipating my follow up points, but yes. And so the point being uh, that you're trying to say how much how many of that stat do we need to actually win consistently? Right. Win a roto, win a head-to-head, you know, etc. Yep. What's the aim? And so you've placed it at? 1,008. 1,008. And, and what do you think that... Have you done the simulations in the season? You mean during the... <laughs> Based on last year? During the season. So it's actually... It's, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's not that hard to get. That's really challenging. Yeah, so I so I played around with it for the actual season rankings, um, and it's actually it's actually a little bit easier in the full season because of the thing that we've repeatedly talked about, which is that projections back off the top end. So the reason that I ran this on our projections right. is to be fully self consistent, because you might look at this and think, okay, I'm way behind on RBIs because I'm using the actual accumulated stats from last year that that was, were in my fantasy league, and it looks like that's a way higher target than I'm actually shoot, than I can actually achieve with this team. Yeah, I mean, but that's right. That's that's why every time that we look back at season stats, we're like, oh shoot, this. This is really hot. This is really tough. Even if you know everything, yep. fantasy can be really tough because you, you need to have a little bit of luck or you need to have just so much more skill than other players in the <laughs> league. But Yeah, so my idea here was, okay, well, these projections have been built totally self-consistently from first principles, so we should be using the projections to assess the success of the projections. 
So I'm not going to worry about how people actually rated last year, but I'm going to try within this projection system to beat other with within this projection system to beat other teams at their own game. Mm-hmm. And you can do this for any projection system. Like you can look at any projection system and see, okay, well, this is how I would, this is how I need to calibrate this projection system to actually win the way that they've ranked players. I like this. This is game theory. This is absolutely game theory. So let me just give you what I would target for pretty close to an ESPN standard. Um, actually, it's a 12-team, 10, um, 12 team, 10 batters, and 12 <laughs> pitchers construction. Okay. What do you got for me? Home runs, full season, targeting 303. Runs, 1,040. RBIs, 1,008. Stolen bases, only 155. I think you can get that. Average, 276. Pretty high. Wins, 100. ERA, 3.58. Whip, 1.23. Saves, 89. And Ks, 1,920. 1,920. You know, all these numbers, these, these sound like TGFBI numbers. I think they're not that different because in TGFBI, I smell an article. In TGFBI, you're, oh, you're actually going deeper. Um, you you have more players, but you're right that this is that this basically is pretty close to I think what you're going to try to accumulate. And uh, the K's one is the one that surprised me the most. That is that's really high. Lower or higher than you thought? Uh, the I the full season projection is much higher than I thought it would be. I think that that's I, that. Yeah, because I think the ERA and WHIP are are also higher than I would have expected. Well, so so I will say this is another thing about like calibrating your projections. This I had to build these under the assumption that you're starting every pitcher every single time you can. Right, you're okay. if it, you this is you the only way to build these projections. Well, not the only way, but. The simplest way to build these projections is to assume that you're getting every usable inning out of every pitcher on your team. And that's which isn't which is very rarely going to happen. It's really rarely going to happen in like a daily head to head. It's much more likely to happen in a weekly roto. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I would say that the pitching is where this actually separates the most from the uh from the weekly, from the daily head-to-head, the weekly roto. Uh, just to, just to, by way of bringing this all to a conclusion on these, um, these are the those numbers that I just quoted. You are the 90th percentile of all of the the stat distributions that I ran. So the saying that if you're in a 10-team league, you're the best player. <laughs> you could, and what's crazy, depending on the league format, you could still. You could still miss the playoffs in yep. like a head to head. Oh yeah, with that. Yeah, I think some guys in our league, in our home league, would uh, definitely say that. <laughs> I mean, so so what's the value of going up to a ninety five percent and <sighs> and dropping it down to only targeting six? Categories yeah, so it depends. If you're no, that's that's a yeah. really good conversation because uh, it depends on what stat you're talking about. The like. Home runs, RBIs, runs, 
K's and ERA are all pretty much perfect Gaussians. Well, why don't we? I mean, this is a this is going to be probably a little late for the. Well, maybe we try to do this for the season. Let's test it out. Who wins more? You know, in terms of what? If if we if we run this through the simulations, a player. Um, I, I mean, we think about it first in the roto sense. If a player goes for. 90% on all of the stats versus focusing on six, getting 95 distribution on six. I like that. You know what I mean? I, I actually really like that. So I will, I'll model that out. It's my point is that like stolen bases that you can see here that I showed you where the targets 155, mm -hmm. the tail to the high end is huge. So yeah, it actually gets, you can still lose. It gets exponentially harder to get to 95, 96, 97, 98 percentile in here because you have to have basically one of those hyper elite or two of those hyper elite stolen base guys <coughs> on your team to get that. No, exactly. Yeah. So you have the two, the two graphs you have RBIs versus stolen bases. Distribution 1,000 to 1,200 RBIs. You really, I mean, if you get to 1100, man, that is most of the distribution. Oh, yeah, you're set. <laughs> Whereas 150 to 200, <laughs> holy wow. Um, 150 to 250 is the real thing. That's 75 stolen bases. This shows you why stolen bases are such a crapshoot or so valuable to get those few extra stolen bases because. The distribution is so piled up. So se you need 75 extra stolen bases to go from a team that wins solidly in stolen bases to a team that has a 95% chance of winning stolen bases. And to roster that player, Billy Hamilton, I mean, Trey Turner to a lesser extent, but Billy Hamilton, D. Gordon of the last five years you plummet other statistics. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Jeez, that's why it didn't work when I did this strategy like this. Years ago. Yeah. If, if only we'd had these graphs, this would have explained it. <laughs> I think that about brings us to the review session. Ronald Acuna Jr. We have to say the junior because he is going to be a perpetual scraping nightmare. Some uh. Some websites have him have the junior some websites do not melvin upton jr has got to be one of the m most infuriating cases of this so i'll just say right off the bat that i find that incredibly annoying about him but what i do not find annoying is watching his swing his home run swing that is that is a great swing yes i i sent you a couple of messages whilst i was doing the research for this he has a really nice swing, and that it reminds you of, in just how nice the swing is. It reminds you of Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. How Ken Griffey, you just like watched him swing, and you're like, "Wow, that is a sweet swing." The one of the things that I really liked about watching the videos is that his bat speed is so fast that trying to freeze frame through it, the bat just leaps. 
Like it's not yeah. a, it's not because I was I was really looking at it to see like okay how how is he coming through the zone like what plane is he coming through the zone with his bat? No, there's no way you can tell because you get like two data points before he's through before mm-hmm. he's through the zone. But he's got that. I mean, on all especially all the home runs. I didn't go through every single one of his singles. He's got that uppercut swing that he's just able. He's very good at moving that to where the ball yes. is. I mean, like that home run against Craig Kimbrell yes. was. Yes. It's a hard, hard ball to hit. I mean, that's what everyone everyone knows that how hard ball to hit well, and he was able to get it out of out of the park. So, a couple of things about about Ron before we get going here. Ronnie the Bear, perhaps. <laughs> uh born in 1997 age 21 right now i should probably figure out what the uh astrological signs are oh good idea december 18th what is that capricorn uh no i think it's gonna be december 18th you said he's yeah. gonna be sagittarius isn't he oh ooh, that's gotta be right on the end of it uh-huh. okay <laughs> born in venezuela um he is a Born in Venezuela, for all of you that don't know, he is an Atlanta Brave. Um, he's an outfielder. I've it looked like he played mostly left and center field. Yep, he's listed as a left. We'll listed as a left he, left fielder by the Braves. Left and center field. Okay, left as well. Presumably, they're going to put Inciarte in center. Right, right. Inciarte is probably going to play center. Okay, and he had a. We had a great season. I'll tell you, he's. I'll tell you, he's the second youngest in our projection system. Aha! Uh-huh. After Vlad? Juan Soto, last year in 111 games, he went 78, 26, 64, 293. Where that runs, home runs, batting average, 16 stolen bases. Those are he's good monster numbers. The in 111 games, yeah, those are monster numbers, and that's why people are oh. that's why people are absolutely salivating over him as a player. They're taking him. I don't know if you saw this, but I sent you the ADPs. His ADP is 10. He's the 10th player off the board. I I know it's 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 it's. Insane. I will say that I disagree with that, <laughs> but the and the reasons that I disagree with this are trying to watch his game footage. I don't. I, I didn't find his stolen bases that compelling. No, he's not he's not that fast. So, but 16 stolen bases is a lot of stolen bases. So, I don't know if that's going to change this year. I would say from watching the game tape that that would be my main regression number. I don't think it's I don't think it's home runs cuz he hit home runs off some good pitchers. I mean, he hit one off. He pushed that one to right off no, Craig Kimbrell. He's got Kimbrough. some power. And he took I mean, he took Blake Snell deep. I mean, he's taken he's taking good pitchers deep. I yeah, I that was what I was gonna say as well. A lot of those stolen bases looked like pitcher indifference yep. or catcher indifference, and just there was no scouting report on what his his tells were, you know. But that's you know that's gonna wash yeah. out. I think I remember. Um, I remember Frazier, Todd Frazier had 20 stolen bases and then it was like the next year you have yeah. that just, I mean still a respectable number I mean if Acuña can get up to 10 again get a dozen stolen bases 
and a full season of play. All right, two things that I'm concerned about. And these are just, uh, these are concerns that I always have about players. Number one, that Braves uniform, that strong first year, age 20, really reminds me of Jason Hayward. (laughs) I know it's the opposite side of the plate. I know very different backgrounds. I know different heights, different profiles. Again, different sides of the plate. But you just always have to be careful that some guys come out bad out of hell, have everything, have everything is supposed to be going for them, and then just take a step back. And I think that I've always had the sophomore slump theory. And this guy is someone who I wouldn't be surprised to put up the sim- very similar numbers in 150 games right. this season. Yeah. Very similar numbers to what he did in 111 games in many more games this season. Not to say Dynasty League, snatch him up, but oof, 10th seems expensive. Crazy. All right. This week we are going to talk about an oldie but a goodie. Mr. Justin Upton. Uh, <laughs> Just seeing too many think pieces. Want to get my thoughts out there. I I will accept that. We do need to know. <laughs> we do need to know what's happening with Justin Upton these days. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yeah.